The kind of old-fashioned cop who preferred working the streets and making arrests to taking tests toward promotion. He was the closest thing New York had to a dirty Harry. This is One Tough Podcast on the OG Podcast Network. Here's your host, Bo Deedle. Well, hello. Welcome to One Tough Podcast. I'm joined here, like always, with Carlo. Hello. Today, we're really pleased to have one of my heroes, former NHL star and entrepreneur, Sean Avery. Sean, thank you for being here. I'm a big fan of yours. You did what you did when you were a hockey player, like when I was a detective. We went out, we did what we had to do, and we were winners, and you're a winner. I appreciate that. Yeah, we... uh... Man, this uh, we we were just talking about this city and how much of a shithole it's turning into. It's 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 scary when you when you when you make people who are criminals and you bring them up like they're heroes and give them eight million dollars each and they want more money and then all of a sudden you got a mayor a moron Big Bird De Blasio now comes out with this law if you commit an and the worst worst ones out there are seventeen eighteen nineteen year olds they're the punks that are robbing people now that means I could go and stab you Carlo rob your wallet and you know what. And they're going to let me out of jail. No bail. Where are we going with this friggin' thing? Yeah, the the uh, so I I take the uh, I take the subway every everywhere I go. I, don't, I can't even get into a taxi anymore. I do not leave my house in New York City without a can of mace in my pocket because you there's no cops anywhere anywhere you and walk on. They don't want to get involved. And if, they're getting in trouble. No, and they just and if you see if you see not, NYPD they they don't do anything. I see people. They spit at the cops and they and they take <clears> their phones out. They go like this. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, what no. Are you, and then the cops walk away. They walk away. So I, I'm just wondering, like, explain that to me because you were a detective. Is that because it's not worth them no, what, putting what themselves right in that situation? Now, they, don't have, they don't have any support. This police commission they got is a zero. All he is is a butt boy for Big Bird de Blasio. Perfect example, that kid Pantolino over in Staten Island. I mean, terrible tragedy. The guy died. Uh, Gardner, Eric Gardner. I've talked about this inside out. The par- problem here is that right. when I was a cop, you had to be 5'8". I just about made I had to make it 5'8". So I'm a little guy. When I take a guy down, I infected the rest of thousands of people. I take down a big guy. I grab him in a headlock and bring him to the ground. Right. Exactly with this kid. This guy had acute heart problems. He had acute asthma and diabetes. His, his uh, daughter died at 27 from heart failure. He had a, if he did one friggin' push-up, Mr. Gardner would have had a heart attack. Right. My point is now they want, and the commission has not supported this cop. So if you're a cop, you say, you know what? I'm not getting involved. I'm not getting in trouble. Because right. all the cops that react and do their jobs, you get in trouble. When I was here in the 70s, we had... 2,200 murders, crime was everywhere. I used to carry brass knuckles. I never killed nobody, but I took guys down and I'd do what I had to do. Right. I never flaked them, guns off the street. Now if you go search somebody and they say, well, you didn't have the right to search, even though he had the guns, they'll sue you. Yeah. So cops are saying, you know what, I'm going to get my 20 years and then I'm going to retire yep. and do nothing. Yeah, you can feel it. You can feel the. You can feel it walking around that... that I guess maybe because of stop and frisk when they pulled that. There's a sense of <clears throat> people feel safe. The criminals feel safe. Yeah. Like, I can, I, can, I can feel it on They're not afraid of the police. No, they're not when, afraid when, when of the police. Young, I mean, me, you, everybody, when you see a cop, you got nervous. Now it's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke. And who shows up? You know, not to knock anybody or anything. I mean, the effectiveness of, of a cop is a physical being. I made sure I was able to fight. And now all of a sudden, they just throw them on. They want racial quotas, this, female quotas, that. You know what the quota should be? That you're physically fit, that you can fight with somebody. Yep. When you pull your gun out and they tell you shove it up your ass, you got to be able to take them out without shooting them. Yep. And that's the problem. No, I, uh, I, I, I sometimes I talk to the uh, the guys that emergency response vehicles. They tell me all they do all day long is drive around and pick up drunk. High assholes on the street. That's the other thing. The homeless in oh, this homeless city right now is out of control. You see the tents on Fifth Avenue up yeah. there in the 80s right next to Central Park? They're making like a tent city. I love this city, but I'm going to tell you something. 
I'm scared for where yep. we're going. Yep. And with this advent of what this moron, and I'll say it, and when he sees me, if he walked in here today, he runs the other way. Right, I'm I'd sure. like to punch him right out. Right. You know what the problem is? He doesn't know what it what these people are going through. Guys like you, guys like Carly, you were on the train. Now you're in there. It's a, it's an event to get from your house to your work, from your work back home safely. It's like, remember that the Warriors, that old movie? Yeah, yeah it's course. like the Warriors on the yeah. trains. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. They take and over. Every train Every morning, at least one car. There's homeless people yep. with their bag stuff. And try to say something. I'll, right? I'll tell you, when I walk on and I see and I see that, the moment that I see anyone feeling uncomfortable on a train because of one of these guys, I pick their shit up and I throw it out the door when we come to a next stop. Because uh, yeah, what are you going to do? You're, you're obviously. These guys are going to go and get their stuff, or they're going to stay on the train and make everyone feel uncomfortable. So I just walk over, I pick their bags up, and I throw their shit right out the door. <laughs> well, you know, because you know, Sean, you're 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 obviously a a very fine person inside, but and then again, you're going to get one of these psychopaths going to have a knife, and yeah. and you're going to confront them, and God make you safe. That's no. what I'm saying. No, no, no. You know, I got a gun. I carry a gun, but I, I, I've never ever killed anybody. But you know, when the time comes, they're going to go, Oh, he's an ex detective. He killed this guy unjustly. You know, when I'm supposed to stand there and get stabbed or get well, yep. I had one guy, one time, uh, uh, Sean, he fired at me from here to the wall five times a revolver. He didn't have to shoot. He pulled the, the rounds, went to the side. He threw the gun down. He goes, you got me. I said, Mother Effa, your day just began. He ended up in a friggin' hospital. And right. you know what? He deserved. He could have killed me. I could have gunned him right down. I would have got another medal and I would have been a hero. But life is so, you know, precious to me. And we try. Where as far as mental illness, that's what it, the problem is. A lot of mental illness on the streets. And then the moron's wife there, she's a moron too. Yeah, Mrs. Charlene. De Blasio, 250, uh, $250 million? And there's yeah, more. 250 no, $250 million at the minimum. Which they can't find. They can't find, and it was supposed to go to mental health. Where they go? Well, I can't explain it. It's in, it's in uh, different levels. Give me a break, man. You stole that money. I want an accountant. The attorney general should go after her. You know, Sean, I, I, I love you. You're a New Yorker like me and Carlo. You're a New Yorker through and through. I mean, we had a vent on this thing. But more important is why people love Sean Avery. You've entertained... Especially when you were with the New York team. Uh, you know, that's the one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With my uh, beloved Rangers there. Yeah. You've entertained us over the years. And my man over here is the statistical freak about what you did when you played hockey. Go ahead, Carlo. Yeah, so, Sean, you know, very happy to have you here. Yeah, and yeah. Obviously, you, you got involved in so many diverse fields. So when you were growing up, did you always want to play hockey? Or had, did you have these ideas about going to different stuff? Like yeah, fashion? I mean, I think, like, a Canadian kid growing up. Where'd you grow up? Toronto. I filmed my movie, One Tough Cop. Great people in Toronto. Very right. Italian, too. Right, very Italian. Huge, huge there. Italian community. Very, very multicultural city. I love Toronto. And you know what I ended up doing when we were filming One Tough Cop? It was, I think, 1998. And I had Sean Penn, uh, no, Chris Penn, Sean's brother, yeah, yeah. playing one of my partners. Rest in, in peace. In One Tough Cop. And he used to drink a lot. And I never forget, he was making fun of all, uh, all the uh, the people, the, the back, the, the camera piece and all the oh, yeah, camera yeah. people. I grabbed him in the back and I said, listen to me, fucko. I said, we're guests up here. Right. These people, we're invited guests. You treat them with respect. Otherwise, I'll smack you in your freaking head. Yeah. Now, Stephen Ball, I did slap in the face. He plays me because I was up there with the gal I was going out with at that time. He had put his arm around, he's kissing the cheek. I said, oh, that's enough, that's enough. Third time he's kissing the cheek. Boom, I smacked him in the face. I said, you might be playing me in this freaking movie. You ain't Bo Deedle, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, I, I can't, he's he's like, a, his claim to fame now, he just bashes Trump on Twitter. No, Stephen no, no. Baldwin? Stephen loves Trump. Oh, his oh, His brother's oh. the psychopath. Oh, I see. Alex okay. is the one that bashes Trump. Right, right. I love, I love Alex. He doesn't <laughs> take any shit. He, <laughs> but, but, but uh, you know, he's the one that bashes Trump. It's right, Alex. right, yeah. right. No, Alex is a cool guy. I like Alex and Stephen. But the point we're trying to get at is your career started in Toronto. Did you play hockey in high school? Yeah, I mean, when we grow, any Canadian kid really... From the time I was two years old, I mean, I, we used to skate on the sidewalks to school because the sidewalks would be frozen. I mean, from, yeah, I had a hockey I skate from your house 
to school, to school. With ice skates on wow. the sidewalks because the sidewalks were frozen because it was so cold. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think you know once I came to New York, I think things changed and like you start to get exposure to a big city and and uh, and uh, you you know if you're smart, I think as an athlete you take advantage of it. Right. You know, I think it's changed now. Sports used to be very one-dimensional. You played sports, and that's what you did. Now you see guys like certainly LeBron James. Some of these guys are producing movies. They're they're you yeah, know they they got clothing lines. Everybody's out there, and look at the the, the A one guy is Magic Johnson. I mean, yeah, he's made a billion this, dollars. You counted this dude out with HIV and everything else, and he looks healthier than anybody. Thank God, God bless him. Yeah, and they be, he became a real businessman, entrepreneur. I look up to that. I I like that. I like when people work hard. You know what? Hard work equals success. Yep. You can't sit back and be jealous of that guy. Oh, I, I, I could have done it better. Go do it. I tell everybody, go do it. That, yeah, so, no, that's funny because people always, you know, they, they, give me, uh, they give me shit sometimes. Like, if a guy's sitting on the street, if I handed somebody a dollar in New York City every time somebody asked me for a dollar. You'd have no money. I'd, be, I'd have no money. Right. Like, there's so many opportunities in this city. If you can't find a job in New York City, I don't know what you're. You're lazy. You know, you're either sick or you're lazy. Yeah. And if you're sick, yeah, there's a million programs that where you, will help you. You, yep, you know, yep, yep, so yep. and uh, you know, but, but what, you know, we got you here, man, because you're like the hero of the hockey. So in your career, we're talking about 90 goals, right? That was what you made. Was ninety goals? I got yeah, may, yeah, maybe. I mean, there was more pedaling minutes. A lot well, of penalty minutes. So I mean, you're no stranger to controversy. You attracts a lot of controversy. Do you think that the NHL is changing a little bit? Is it becoming more like the NBA, where you can be have a personality? Uh, they they always kind of came after you because you were outspoken. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, I think that they're still definitely behind in in how they're marketing the game, and I think marketing the game in the sense of letting the players market themselves there's a lot of interesting guys in the nhl you know we see how interesting some of these basketball players and football players are but the nhl is just it's a very old school mentality mm-hmm. and and they definitely um are behind the times and how they're marketing and i think you know i don't know if it's ever going to change i really don't well you one got to change it i mean you he, went into the entrepreneurship I mean, you started doing business other than playing hockey, right? And I mean, it's you. Well, tell tell us a little. Yeah, bit I mean, while well, I was here, I opened a couple of restaurants. Um, I opened up a, a bar in, in Tribeca, and then we opened up a restaurant in Tribeca. I remember when I was doing that; that was a thing that that was looked down upon. Really? I mean, yeah, that was something where it was like um, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be focusing on playing, and I think. You know, if you tried to tell anyone else that in another sport, yeah, they'd, they'd laugh at you. Right, you'd yeah. be like, you know, this is me. This is my my business. I'm a brand. Yeah. So, um, you know, I never really, I never really let any of that affect me. I, I kind of, I've always dabbled in different stuff. Um, I think like that was just something that was my path, and I said, yeah. fuck it, I'm going to do it. I know you did commercially. Have you done any movie acting? Yeah, I've been. Um, I just finished doing a Netflix uh, movie a couple of, about a month ago. Um, three years ago, I, I my buddy Pete Berg put me in a movie called Patriots Day. Oh, I love oh, yeah. it. That and was uh, my, that was with my friend Wahlberg. Wahlberg yeah. yeah, you know, and when we uh, 1998, the director I just carried this little picture around me. The director was going to have him play Bo Dino, so he he was with me for about six months. He was like a little too skinny, and I said to him, I said, Mark. If you want to be believable that you can kick some ass, I said one thing you got to do: you got to put some poundage on. There's more. Right, Wahlberg right. Wow, wow, he's small there. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and I loved them. We were together, and then all of a sudden, the stupid producer Marty Bregman fires him, and then I, I had a pick between Stephen Baldwin and Matt Dillon, and uh, Stallone wanted to do it years ago, back ten years prior. This wow, Stallone great. says, "I go with the guy who's like the virgin." Yeah, so I mean, I love Mark Wahlberg. I thought that was one of the great uh, movies, also. I think. Yeah, they that did it very well. They did a good job, and so basically, like, I, I was on the train home, and I was kind of thinking to myself, 
that's the closest thing that I'm ever going to feel to playing hockey. You know, you're standing on set. There's a hundred people around. They hit the lights. They say yeah. action. It's like a feeling. Yeah, you, no, I've done, you know. a, I've done a lot of movies, and it's, you, it's you, it, 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 and people think it's all exciting. It's a lot of hurry up and wait shit, right? Going on, and 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 it's things back up, but you got to be it's six o'clock. Get into makeup, and you sit around. Now you're there at six. You don't go on the set until maybe one o'clock in the afternoon, right? And then all of a sudden, I mean, it's not easy. No, work. it's a tough. It's a tough job. I mean, I for the last. Uh, Probably the last year I've been like I'm a New York actor. I go to auditions. I sit in, in audition you know, rooms. I got I, this I, new movie coming out called The Irishman. Big yeah, movie. of course. Scorsese. Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got. I was very fortunate to get a really great role with and my co-stars were a guy named Al Pacino. And a guy yeah, named I've Robert heard of him. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, it's coming out soon. It's coming right? out in the fall. Of Netflix is, but they're going to do a theatrical release. Then I'll have it on there. But people don't understand, you know, being an actor is not easy work. It's a lot of time you put in there. But the commercials are cool. I, like I did Arby's for two years. Right. Almost a million dollars they paid me right. for two years of Arby's roast beef sandwich traveling 12 days a year. That was it. Yeah. Doing commercials. I mean, that's that's where good money is. Yeah, from. the thing, like the hardest thing that, that I had, that, because I never memorized anything. Right. So all of a sudden... You know, you get this, you, you get three pages of dialogue and you got 24 hours to turn it around. And like, I never, I, I, I never it's, memorized anything. It's very, very hard. And Carlo will tell you, every part, you know, I got, I got my guy Vinny. Vinny, Vinny Maritano. He's a half actor. He ain't that great of an actor, but he's a great guy. So when I get a part, he'll tell you, I close my door, we go through it. Right. So when I hit, when I go for the audition, you got to know your lines because yep. then if you know your lines, yeah, you, can, you can put the acting into it yep. and you got to know the story. Yep. And if you know the story, you know your lines sellable because I sat there with a lot of – I was a producer about eight movies and you see somebody casting, you see one who knows really what they're doing. Someone is just – you know, reading the lines. That, you that can, make, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, you can, I can feel it. Like I need three days. I need three days till it's in my brain. And I could sit. The and I could sit down, and they say, "All right, let's go." Because you walk into a casting room, yeah. and you know, I'm waiting in, in a in a in a room, and like guys are asking me to take pictures with them. It's it's like a crazy. Yeah. I had a callback with Sofia Coppola last week. Yeah. I walk in. It's a cop, Bill Murray movie. I walk in. There's three guys. They're auditioning for the same part. They're dressed as cops. They're really? not cops. But they have cop uniforms. They have cop uniforms on. So one of the guys like asking to take a picture with me. Right. You know, it's like I'm about I'm about to walk in and I I'm in I'm in the zone right now. Like I don't want to take a picture with you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards. So it's a very interesting uh, it's a very interesting transition. Uh, it's fun and uh you know you you uh i mean i think you and in wolf of wall street's like one well, of the i played myself it wasn't well, that hard up in rails i gotta get your ass up to rails i know i know i gotta come me. up there carlo put him on the a list maybe two not tomorrow not today maybe next week you want to come up i'm i'm, I'm ready i'm All ready right. put him on for the following right. week we got room right yeah definitely cool <laughs> yeah but the thing is this like even with the wolf of wall street i play bo Deedle, so when marty scorsese called me he goes you know i got this big part for this guy uh uh Joey Glimp, uh, what was my name? In the, oh, my name was Bo Deedle. That's right. Glimpko was in the vinyl. Right, right, with, right. With vinyl. And he goes, I got this part for this guy, Bo Deedle. Who do you think we should have played that part? I said, Marty, that's my freaking part. And with, you know, to play opposite of the great Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah, yeah. that was yeah, very but, thrilling. Yeah, but I think, isn't that what makes a great director? Somebody that understands who can play, who, who that can part. play a specific part? I mean, yeah. so yeah, you you were playing yourself, but... When I watched that movie, I didn't think it was you. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought you were one of these characters in, oh, in the no. movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, and with Marty, it's a great thing is because once you do your lines, you know, the lines, the written lines, right. because they like to get that out, then all of a sudden he goes, now be right. yourselves. Which, so all of a sudden Leo starts taking what's supposed to be quaaludes. Right. I say to him, the last time you took those fucking quaaludes, you fell asleep in your right. mouth. Was... But this really happened with the real Jordan Belfort. Right. And so it was really, it was really exciting to be part of that. Uh, Goodfellas. Uh -huh. I end up 
these guys that are in Goodfellas, actually, I grew up with all of them. I knew them all. And I end up locking Jimmy Burke, that was his real name, Conway right, De Niro, right, yep. on two murders that Henry Hill gave up. And Henry Hill was like a guy. He was a punk. We used to throw him out of the bar. He was like a wannabe. Right. Wannabe. He wanted to be a wise guy, but he was a punk. Right. Then he became a rat. But my point was, it's so exciting where my life has touched upon all these major motion pictures. I wasn't around for the Irishman, but the Irishman's really good and we're real excited. Why haven't you uh why haven't you just like done more? Well, you know what? I, I run a business. Right. I, I have a, I have cybersecurity business. Got to make cash. Right. Put it this way. If I had all the money in the world, I'd be playing that game. Right. I got to keep running my business. Right. And I'm going to run it. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a young 60 addict. Still do 75 good push-ups. No <laughs> cheating shit either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you want to know something? I just was on a bike last weekend in the Hamptons. I got on my bike. I started going. I went 15 miles. And I had to go 15 miles back. It wasn't a marathon on pace, but still, 30 miles is pretty good, Yeah, you're right? 68. I mean, <laughs> I, but, I don't know. And the last time I did it was months prior to that. So it's not something I do regularly. Right. Like with the push-ups, I'll do them one week, but then I do it again maybe the next week, and they come out easy. 75 good push-ups. Push-ups are very important. Right. And I feel great about the fact that I still got it in me. Yeah, you got you yeah. to do them. I loved vinyl. You said vinyl. Yeah. I thought that was a great show. I don't know why they canceled that too Corso, soon. Yeah, and uh, you they know, canceled way too yeah. soon. Yeah, right, right. You right. know what was really great was Bobby Carnival. Yeah, he's amazing. And who amazing was, New York, and New York. You know what was really great too? Andrew Dice Clay yeah. played a great part, and then they killed him off too fast. I killed him, but <laughs> but look at I killed him. Clay's having a huge comeback. Yeah, yeah. Huge, huge born and all that huge comeback. Yeah. And he and and that again, perfect part for him to play. Like for where he is in, in his life. Yeah. And that was a perfect well, he part. Was, yeah. And, and him and that, I, I spoke to him after that, after they filmed that. And I told him, you know, it was fabulous, fabulous. So with, with this Hickey Freeman, the suit thing, right? Yeah. So I want to get into this. So, I mean, you were in the NHL world and, you know, you oh, came from the world of hockey. athletics. That's so right. I was it you were hockey. No, right, but right, was, right. It, was it weird going into the fashion world? Did you have any resistance? Did anybody think it was weird? No, or? I mean, I, well, when I was playing... Um, I had done a, an internship at, at Vogue, Vogue magazine during the off season. So, so how was that? I mean, you're, you're, you're in a locker room with a bunch of guys that, you know, yeah, I mean, I think everyone, guys, then you go to Vogue magazine. Like, I, how was that? I, I think that was kind of the, the, uh, the confusion that I always like to create around me. Like I actually kind of look at it now. I was always playing a character when I was, when I was playing, you know, I was always, I was always a certain Every decision that I made when I was playing, whether it was like interning at Vogue or, you know, there was a guy that I, I was going to fight in Toronto and I knew that there was going to be a circus around it. It was oh, all pre... do actually in a ring thing? Yeah, it was all premeditated. Like I always... You got in people's heads a lot. I always knew the decision was going to lead to something else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think now you see athletes in fashion, it's like... A totally yeah. normal thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I remember eight, eight years ago, I got in trouble because I, I walked onto a team plane and I'd cut the legs off of my suit into a short. <laughs> Two, I don't know, a year ago, LeBron James, there was a big thing. He walks into a playoff game and he's, and he had, same thing. He was wearing yeah, shorts. I mean, the NBA, I mean, there's a fashion Totally show normal. Yeah. So, you think about 10 years ago doing that, I was like, they thought I was fucking crazy. <laughs> but you're a pioneer. Um, so it was always kind of like, you know, I was trying to find ways to express myself. And I think fashion was, was a way, especially being in New York, it gave me an op opportunity to do that. And I, I, I was also a single guy. Are you still single now? No, I'm, I've been married for uh, three years. Any kids? No kids yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's where all the babes were. Yeah, I mean, I'm no dummy. Yeah, that, that's that was like. Well, why not work in the model age? <laughs> right, if, uh, if right, you're single. Right. What's better than that? That's right. like you're liking chocolate. Working at chocolate. Exactly. Factory. Now, before we get off the, the the hockey thing, you you were famous for this Avery rule. Right. We got about twenty thousand people to listen to us. I'd like you to explain what that was all about. I think it was with the Devils. I think or something. Uh -huh. So, what was that all about? So, um. I had a, a, a feud going with the, uh, Marty Brodeur, who was the goalie for the Devils. And every time we played them, 
I would go in front of the net, and, and that was my job. I'd get in front of the net, and I'd try and you get dirty in front of the net. But he would always tap me in the back of my legs, and, and then I would fall over, and I'd fall well, into he him. He hit you with a stick? Yeah. So that, that's the only way. That's a, it's a real easy way to get a, a guy on skates to fall. Of course. You tap him. And, and uh, so I, fall, I kept falling into him. So I'm thinking to myself on the bench, like, a minute before it happens, what the fuck am I going to do? I got I to gotta figure something out. We're going out on the power play. So all of a sudden I jump over the boards, I skate towards him, and I, something just came into my mind, and I said, fuck it. I'm going to stand so I can see him. If I see him, he's not going to be able to tap my legs. I can't fall into him. I can't get a penalty. So then I was like, well, shit, I should put my hand in front of his face. And every time he moves, I'll move my hand. <laughs> He's not going to be able to see. So it, it ends up turning into a circus. I scored like 10 or 15 seconds after, which was interesting. If you blocked it. Yeah, yeah, right. So I go to bed that night, and I wake up the next morning, and the NHL had created a rule, and they... I, don't, I, I can't believe they were this dumb, but they named it the Avery Rule. <laughs> and they sort of interpreted uh, an existing rule so that you basically couldn't do that, which was also legal because they had to follow steps. Like, we needed, they needed our union to agree to it. And, mm -hmm. and, but, you know, they just did it. And so that was the birth of it. Um, I think it's still in the rule book. I think it still exists. Mm -hmm. uh, so if anything, out of my whole career... I left a little bit of a mark. Yeah, I got a, I got a, a, a rule named after me. Well, you, it would, I would rather you have the Avery Wright fucking hook. Right, right, right. No. I'd take that. <laughs> I'd take that. <laughs> but, you know, as far as staying with the, uh, with the fashion thing, you actually did a commercial yet, who I know is this famous actor there. Uh, uh, I love him in The Deuce. Oh, he James Franco. James Franco. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been up to Rayo's there. I've seen him up to Rayo's there. He's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, pretty James, cool guy. James is a good dude. He, uh, he was directing um, for a couple of years. He was doing all the Seven for Mankind gene commercials. Uh, he was doing, like, these short movies, these weird, like, experimental shit with vampires and naked yeah. chicks. And well, you know, we were, talking about, we were talking about actors that, you know, all of a sudden they get in. Who was that guy that I interviewed? He was with me with the Appalachian thing, that famous actor. Oh, um, David Arquette. Oh, yeah, David yeah, David Arquette's yeah. a cool guy. But then all of a sudden he steps in the ring. He thinks he's a wrestler. Right. He doesn't understand. These guys make a living out of it. Right. He's an actor. And then all of a sudden he thinks, and they gun for him. Right. They want to beat the living shit out of him. They open his head up and all that. Did, did you do them, uh, Danny A? Did yeah, you, I did that. Did, I played a they just Jewish did it, right? lawyer. I right. play, what's my name? Irving Bozeman. Oh, Irving Bozeman. <laughs> and uh, I'm the uh, I'm defending, who am I defending? Galanti, I think. Yeah, Carmine, Carmine Galanti. And he gave me a nice little part. Yeah, but our yeah. In it, isn't he? Yeah, he plays like the, the, the cop, and then the kid from the Wolf of Wall Street, that one with the glasses, like the dummy, he plays a dummy cop. And and I, I tell you, it was, it was, it's a cute movie, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's not an expensively produ produced movie, but it's really, really good. Danny, yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's hustling, man. He's yeah. like, like that's how you got to do it. And that too. maybe he'll come up next Thursday to have dinner with us. I know he's hanging out with all those fancy asses in, in the con film festival, right. Maybe He's back by right, now, yeah. He's know? got it's yeah, over. Danny it's over. Him. You know him pretty good, Danny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. I mean, I know him. He was like hustling. He was like the king of New York, the nightlife. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, and now he's transitioned, and right? Now he's a real movie maker. Yeah, he's very talented. He's yep. seen it from the sideline. He watched a lot. I'm, I'm very impressed with. Yep. Very yeah, yeah. He's putting him. the time in. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, basically, basically. Your your endeavors now, day-to-day, -day is what? You have any restaurants that are open now or anything? So I sold the restaurants uh, three or four years ago because, you know, honestly, like, the the juice isn't worth the squeeze. I was, I, I was really nervous. Uh, a buddy of mine that I used to play with in Chicago, Chris Chelios, he owned a bar in, in Chicago, and one day one of his line cooks came in and shot his sous chef over a girl. <laughs> Wow. And it really freaked me out, and I was like, you know what? i got to get out of this from a liability standpoint. Yeah. So I sold the restaurants. 
My day-to-day now is I literally wake up, I, I pray for an audition. <laughs> if I get one, I get to close everything and shut my phone off for two days. I get to Who's be- your agent? Uh, Dean Fluker at uh, UTA. So, uh, it's, it's one of the big ones like CAA, UTA. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my life. And I'm just kind of, you know, you got to wait. You got to pay your dues, I well, think. Well, I, I got something going that might pop, and I'll be the executive producer. Right. It's a thing called Flatlands. It's based on a true story of this gang out of Brooklyn, uh, Roy DeMeo's crew. They killed maybe... 150, 200 people he used to drain the blood out of them. Really, really 1970s, 80-ish. Based cool off thing. a book? Uh, well, there or was the... a book written, but this is based on fact. And right, as, right. As a homicide detective, I knew about Roy DeMay. The mob guys, Johnny Gotti, I grew up with the father. They were afraid of these guys. These guys were badass. So we, we're dealing right now with Netflix right now. If that pops, I want you to be... Part of it, I, of course, and yeah, you yeah. can fit right in there. Of course. And you know what? And then you'll have your your script a couple of weeks in advance. <laughs> I maybe, like that. Maybe let you work with Vinny Maritano, my script guy. <laughs> you'll nail the thing, and you'll become. You know, when you have a reoccurring role, that's pretty good. Yeah, shit. that's that's what that's what you want. You Remember, want to be- call it when we start doing Absolutely. this. What's the? Uh, what were these guys doing? Why were they doing it? Well, there was a crew of about six of them, and they, had, they these were six psychopathic homicide. You know, usually if I'm a homicidal maniac, I'm a homicidal maniac, but it was six of them together. The mob used to hire them to take out guys, kidnap them, bring them back to the bar, the, uh, what was the name of that? The, the Gemini, Gemini Lounge, Lounge. Uh-huh. in Brooklyn. And they would take them in the back room, and then all of a sudden they would shoot them, and then they would put them, and they'd drain their blood out so they wouldn't spurt all over, and then they would chop them up and dump them all over the place. Wow. I mean, this, this is really... Probably the baddest ass mob uh, enforces. Wow. Because even the mob guys were afraid because, hey, all of a sudden the guy disappeared and you won't even know what happened. Where, where's the, what's the Brooklyn. Flatlands? Uh, Flatlands wh- is an area in Brooklyn. When I was a homicide detective, it was like a dumping grounds. Like, for instance, I caught two cold cases when I was still a homicide detective and there were bodies that were dumped over there. When Henry Hill from Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. Henry Hill now, when he got a, when he cooperated with the government, he now gives up two murders that I caught that were committed and they dumped the bodies. So they're called cold case. So I had to fly to uh, uh, Pennsylvania, Allen, Allenwood uh, Penitentiary, and bring Jimmy Burke back, who I knew as a kid. I didn't put handcuffs. We were drunk on a plane. <laughs> Me and my partner picked him up, and we took <laughs> little bottles of scotch. time we arrived at LaGuardia, uh, we, were, we were drunk. My <laughs> lieutenant says, you're, you're effing drunk, Bo. Your prisoner's drunk. Your partner's drunk. I said, Jimmy Burke, man. He was doing life anyway, so right. this was closing out two yeah, cases. Yeah, yeah. But the point is that Flatlands was an area in Brooklyn that was a really a dump ground. It would be like the 7-5 precinct. Right. Back then, we used to have over 100, 120 murders in one precinct per year. So every time, Saturday, Friday, Saturday night, especially full fucking moon, full moon really, really, really? I knew murder, murder, murder. Every time really? I saw a full moon, I knew we were going to have a murder that, that night. Huh. Sure enough, it's like it was clockwork. Huh. Yeah. So this basically was about a gang in Brooklyn during a period of time when I was a homicide, so I a detective, so I kind of knew about him. So this is a very interesting story. It's rough, rough, and we're, we're going to see if. Uh, and, we're and you think back then, like the difference was because there was no DNA, those guys could get away with that shit oh, for yeah, a long but the, time. But the advent today with all these DNA, we just broke a triple homicide in Kentucky on. Uh, because we had evidence that they didn't check certain evidence. There, uh, the advancement with scientific evidence has gone so high so right. far. I really believe even with this Central Park Five, I'm going to bring on Linda Fairstein. She's the DA to handle it. That's a whole lot of hogwash there. Yeah. I really believe it. I would call out for them. Why don't we find some evidence around that woman that was raped by the Spanish guy? He ended up uh, uh, ejaculating. In her. So once they found that in her, the other guys got off. But I'd like to find out other evidence. And I'd like to do DNA contact if any of their DNA is on any of those evidence. And I'll call out to the DA. Let's reinvestigate this. Yeah, yeah, well, well so well, what? they got $8 million each. Right, Not right. And they, they got Showtime series yeah. is coming out, I think. And Netflix. Right. 
Right. I did two series. Yeah, it's it's wild that. Uh, and they were they were wilding. That's what it was called. They were in Central Park and they were wilding. They were beating people up. This gang and they were there robbing and beating people. Now they treated like heroes. Yeah, now because now if you don't know what happened back then, yeah. you read the story and think, oh, oh these guys got screwed. Oh, this boy. and then they show a picture of this little boy, twelve years old, looking like it was from communion picture, and you go, oh, the poor little boy. He was uh, railroaded by. The big badass cops. Right. That's bullshit. They were bad and, dudes. Yeah, they were bad dudes and they were doing they were doing wilding throughout and they got I think six or seven. We're gonna have her on here, Linda Fierstein, and they beat the shit out of them. One got pretty bad. Now what well, my idea is and I talked to Mike Sheehan. Mike Sheehan's one of my old partners. He handled this case. He's very sick. I don't know if we're gonna get him on the show. He's been having stuff problems with his stomach bleeding, all that stuff. I hope he gets better. But Mike was saying, Bo. This is bullshit. These guys were badass. What happened, I think, is they were messing with her, punch around, whatever, right. robbing her. Then all of a sudden, he left her. And then and dummy, this guy comes yeah, on and this says... This guy comes on and drops a load. And then the next thing is, does his semen's in her. And then they get off like, oh, they didn't rape her. No, they didn't rape her. Probably one of them, they couldn't get a fucking heart on. Right. And then this jerk dumps a load and then the case is all so, done. So what what happened to the Spanish guy? Did he get life? He was already yeah. doing life or something like that. Yeah, right. he was, he was doing all right away for... On like ten other crimes. Yeah, and then right. all of a sudden he comes out of the woodwork, but they, his DNA was in her. So I don't know. Maybe a deal went down in jail. Hey, I banged that broad. I tell you what, I'll cop out. You right. guys get money. Maybe there's maybe money went to the went back to his family. Who knows? Right. But but to to make these guys heroes. And but look what's going on today. You could commit robbery. I could stab you, and rob you. And you don't get no bail. Right. Well, it's, it's, I've seen it with the uh, Kennedy, uh, the Kennedy uh, daughter. She's got this, this uh, bail reform thing that she's oh, doing also. Yeah. And the first guy that they let out, he's been arrested three or four times since they, since they got him out of Rikers. Yeah, I know. It's oh, crazy. there's plenty and, of them. You know what this is all about? I'll tell you what this is all about. This jerk-off Big Bird de Blasio. Ooh, I hate him. How, how does he think? I just want to. Who is going to donate money to his presidential run? Jerkers. Who would actually no, you know donate? donate? Teamsters? People, no, people he's doing things for. Right. All well, those scumbags that are pay for play. Right. And if you remember my last debate with him on CBS TV with, with Maurice Dubois when I right. heard him from mayor, yeah. I said, you know, Mr. Mayor, I've been a detective my whole life, and I know a criminal. When I see one, and you're a criminal with your pay for play, how much do I got to give you to get something done in the city? The place clapped. All of a sudden, he starts walking away. And I went to shake his hand after the debate. You do that normally, right. even if you hate the scumbag. And I go to shake his hand, he walked away. I says, you know what? Go fuck yourself, Big Bird. They didn't pick it up on the TV. Yeah, he, he, he's a scumbag. No, like, say what you will about Bloomberg. He was oh, on that subway smart. every every single day, and right? And Bloomberg was smart. He had balls. This guy's a pussy. Yeah. He walks on the he walks on his uh, uh, which way did he go on the on the treadmill? Yeah. He, He's got no body mass, no muscle on him. No. He's like a big bag of bones. I think one shot, Sean. You are oh, right. He could, he could fold up like like one of those cheap valises or one of those folding yeah. chairs. He's got five. Uh, he takes the big the five SUVs out to yeah, the out to, every morning. Yeah. Why don't you hop on a train? No balls. I challenge you. No balls. Send a challenge out on my Twitter. Because I challenge no balls to take the subway to Brooklyn. I've for saw. Your I've seen. Yeah. Right. Like. I, I don't understand that. Oh, it's I, only I, good for you, Sean, and me. Right, or Carlo. right. But, it ain't good enough for him. But he's the first person to, he'll, you know, he'll stand up and say, "We got a safe city. Our city's yeah. safe." You, how the fuck? How would he know? Yeah, how would he know? Guys with guns all over the place. Ah, that pisses me off. But get him back to you. That that invite invitation ain't just radio talk. Yeah, yeah. I uh, know. Yeah. I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah, We're yeah. going to do rails. Yourself, and then 100%. you and see if Danny A's available. The, the boys will come up there. That'd be nice. And uh, again, you know what I like about you too is you're kind of like Bo with a fucking hockey stick. Yep. You ain't afraid <laughs> of nobody. You say it like it is. Yep. You get in the face. You know what? You know what it's all about. You feel very confident about yeah, yourself. Yeah. You know, and it's all about, too, when you're on those subways, you look in the eye of the scumbag. He goes, he's looking around the room, and when you got a guy looking like fucking Waldo that ain't looking in his eye, he knows that's going to be the easy one. He's yeah, going he's, he's to have a problem with Sean Avery. They, are, they got no problem scaring the average man, you know, the average woman. Mm. 
I, I, that's the difference. I look them in the eye and they know. They can see. Yeah, maybe this is going to go somewhere. I don't really want it to go. You know, and, and, and let me put it right on the air right now. If ever you have a problem, you're going to have my cell phone. Yeah, I got, that. Right I got it. You got to knock one of these scumbags out. And right. you know what? You don't talk to nobody. Yeah. You, that's we, the we rule, right? The Don't talk to yeah, nobody. Yeah. And that's it. I tell everyone, once you talk, hey, just say, look, it. Uh, the guy tried to hit me. The guy tried to swing at me. The guy hit me. And I just defended that's you, myself. That's what you said. You told Jordan. You said, you said Jordan, don't talk to this guy. Did no. you try and bribe a no, fuck, no, no, an no, FBI agent? No, that was one scene. But the other scene was like this. We're sitting in Rayos, and all of a sudden I go, wait, Jordan. You want me to bug an FBI agent's house, his car, and his office? You know, Jordan, you're stupid. He's smart. And then, he, and then all of a sudden he's in the car, and then I said, Jordan, you didn't, you didn't try to private FBI agent, did you? Was that all Was that all on the page, or was that a uh, little bit of improv stuff? A little improv, yeah, 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 yeah. And Marty is the, I think he's the greatest director. I love him. Matter of fact, I got to go to, what's he doing next? Oh, he's got a new uh, documentary on Bob Dylan. It's coming out next week. And oh, yeah, yeah. And if... Uh, if Margo don't go with me, he could be my bitch. Uh, oh, All right, you come with me. We'll she'll be a better date, but yeah, let's no, do no, it. I'm just saying because usually, I yeah, I'll, I'd you, love to. And we'll, we'll, you'll let's meet Scorsese with me, and you know, I'd love, hurt, to, right? I'd love it. I'd love yeah. it. So quickly, uh, let's talk about your book. You, you yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple years ago. Oh, yeah, uh, ice capades. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I shown every. You were an ice capade? <laughs> no, no, it was kind of a. It was kind of a. Like a tutu. It was like a joke. I, <laughs> okay. I, that was what I named the book because, uh, yeah, you know what? I read a book in, uh, when I was done playing. This guy, uh, uh, Jim Bouton, wrote a book called um, yeah. Ball Four. Yeah, sure. And when I, I finished... I, 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 is he still alive, Jim? He's I, still alive, yeah. I, I remember meeting him years ago, yeah. I think it's... I think it it was it's one of the best sports memoirs ever written. So when I stopped playing, I said, you know what? I want to write a book like Ball Four. Mm-hmm. And I spent a year writing, and, and uh, um, you know, we, we put it out. I think it's one of the best sports memoirs ever written because I tell the truth. I don't pull any punches. It's not like, a, uh, who, who's the, the crazy, uh, Dykstra wrote a book. Yeah, it just came out. And he, took, yeah. he was taking shots at everybody. Mm-hmm. I wrote a book about myself, all the stories that happened. It's all true, how much fun we had. Everyone that's read it loved the book. It's an easy read. Um, it was a fun process, but yeah, honestly, you don't really make any money in the book no, world. No, I, I wrote it's, three it's, books, and uh, one, one, one of my books, well, one became a motion, major motion picture, but uh, Business Longitation hit number five in the New York Times bestseller. Right. Uh, you know, I promote, how, how can you lose? I hit it, uh, I miss in the morning at that time. It was yep. number one in the country. Stern. Uh, Cavuto, and then I did O'Reilly. Boom, 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 boom. Right. And it went to number five on the New York Times bestseller. Right. I mean, it's easy when you have the people that listen to these people every morning, and you get a book out that, like, look at Stern. I mean, his book hits number one automatically. Right now, He's yeah. He's got a, a following that's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. But no, yeah, the book was, uh, it was a good read, Ice Capades. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a fun process. Right, we'll check so that what out. else so- is next for you now? Uh... <sighs> Man, I, I mean, last week I had a couple. I had a call back with Sofia Coppola. Uh, you ever meet Ellen Lewis, the casting director? Uh, I don't know if she I've been in. all Scorsese's movies. Yeah, all no, I had, I, yeah. I've never gone in, in with her. La- um, lovely lady, lovely lady. There's a couple of stuff that uh, uh, Zack Snyder's got a movie, movie Army, oh, of yeah. the, Army of the Dead. I auditioned for that last week. Um, Oh man, they're they're redoing the uh, remaking the right stuff. Remember oh, the movie? Yeah, they're redoing that in a Showtime series. I read for that. Yeah, I mean it's just I wake gotta, up every day. You gotta keep drawing the lines. You gotta in grind there. it out. Yeah, keep, keep drawing the lines. But do one thing: when you get that script, you should get yourself a script writer. Right. Someone that's going to read the other side, and then before you know it, you go back and forth. Back, then you put this thing goes down. And now you become it. Well, that's, that's, and then when you're talking, you then become... You're off book. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hey, that's one thing I learned. I would say Vinny Maritondo, my, my cousin Vinny, my guy Vinny, yeah. he's very responsible for me getting a lot of parts because 
you know, you can have a, a, a he's he's great with me when we go through the script writing. It's so important. You can't, yeah, you can't. It's not a you process. Can have, you can have anybody. He, no, yeah. He yeah. doesn't have to be good, but he gets it. He knows when 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 I'm not being uh, uh, hyperactive when it's supposed to. You say, Bo, bring it up. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, right. man? Right, that's I your mean, thing. You know, with the anger in the eyes, yep. it's different than... What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. No, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And then the eyes could talk with the mouth. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, a beauti- it's a beautiful art. Yeah. I'm getting good acting lessons. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Sean, one more thing I want to ask you about. Yeah. Obviously, you have a good head on your shoulders. You still got it. Uh, what do you think about a lot of parents don't want their kids playing hockey because of the risk of, you know, brain damage and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, CT is this big thing that we hear about all the time now, right? Obviously, there's some science behind it. You know, I think that uh, out of all the sport, I mean, certainly if you took football and you took hockey, football, clearly, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. The re- re- you still have a helmet. Yeah, you got I mean, a helmet you on. You started the, wearing helmets, but, I mean, the, they, you guys didn't have helmets years ago. I, I think hockey's a safe sport. I don't think that, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll, ultimately, honestly, they've pretty much eliminated fighting out of the game. I mean, you can still fight, but there isn't even uh, an enforcer on teams now. Right. Who was that guy, Schultz, years ago? Yeah, Dave the Hammer Schultz. Yeah, he's yeah. fired. <laughs> yeah, he was tough. Yeah. So those guys don't exist anymore. So I think, like, uh, hockey's a fast sport. It's a great sport. It's got that team uh, part of it. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say to my kid, Not no. Not to play. You know? Yeah. Now, would I want him to maybe play tennis or golf or something that I wasn't I like sitting golf. in an arena you, at five in the morning? You should be. No, I like tennis. I like really? tennis. Yeah, yeah. I just can't sit on a five hours on a golf course. Yeah, but Kills you want some. When you get older, you understand. Yeah, you're right. You, 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 you like you ease back. And right. You meditate and all right, that. Right, right. A lot of the old hockey plays I used to play at the celebrity tournaments, and very, very, yeah, they can hit the very, ball. very good players in yeah. hockey. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Uh, basically, what we do, we wind it down now, but you're on for the, you know, next week. But we'll wind down. We do a punk of the month, something that bothers you. Right. It could be a person, a thing, and all that. We do a punk of the month. What's something that Sean Avery, right now, today, what pisses you off the most? Uh, you know, the, the, the city, we have bike lane, lanes in the city. <laughs> and if you're a biker, we need to figure out we're, we're a city that we never have enough money. All these fucking delivery trucks and all the – we need to hire more ticket people. We need to create something where these truck drivers and the bike lanes and, like, get it under control. Well, you know what? Because it's, it's – you have to be able to, to be a great city. You have to be able to cater to all And you have aspects. to be able to have transportation. Right. When it takes you half an hour to get from the east side to the west side, that's bad. But, you know, one of my ideas was, look, at you have to have deliveries. But why don't we do nighttime deliveries? Right. And you just coordinate. Wherever you're delivering, somebody's got to be there. And you only have deliveries after 10 o'clock at night. 10 to 6, you're out of the city. Open the city up. That's an answer. Yep. But it's too... It's too it's too good of an answer. Yep. You know, I, I bike lanes as far as I'm concerned, they've overdone it. When they put the island, you have a bike you have a bike lane, you have the island, then you have a, a truck double parking, and a four lane highway becomes one lane. And it's all screwed up. But I love the idea about after ten o'clock at night. Hey, you want to make a delivery in my city if I was the mayor? Ten to six you make your delivery. You know why? They they won't because all the community boards, they all you know, there's there's too much they everyone's afraid of making a decision and empowering, you know, like who runs the MTA right now? <clears throat> Do you know uh, the guy from England? They keep changing it. Who you right. You don't even know who it, whoever it is, yeah. he's an idiot. Yeah. Because that is the worst run Absolutely. transportation system in the entire world. So He's my punk of the week, or she. I, no, I think it's a, it's a she. No, it's, he's, no, it's, it's a, an, a guy with an English accent. What the hell does he know about New you know, York? He knows about the tubes in London. Yeah, well. Well, look at the moron they got running the education department. Now, all of a sudden, he's saying he's from Mexico or something. And now he's saying that if you're white, you should not Oh, it's, 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 it's well, so, so it's, 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 it should be harder 
Yeah, they should grade. He said, "quote unquote." Right. He had the, the, the guy said like this: If yeah. there's a white kid who's who's a poor white kid, yep. or there's a middle class black kid, the middle class black kid should get help over the poor white kid because in society he has to work that much harder. Bullshit. Is yeah, what we're I in say. a crazy time. Bullshit. Bullshit. I agree. And I that's agree. my punk of the week, the head of Richard the New York. Carranza. What's his name? Richard Carranza. Yeah, he's from Mexico, and you know what? He did pretty good in this country. He got a good job. He should start understanding life. Because yeah. as far as I'm concerned, he's my punk of the week, and he treats people. You have people that dedicate themselves, being teachers their whole lives. They don't see black, white, Hispanic. They see educating these kids. Yep. And what he should be dealing with is the mentally ill kids in the classroom that they can't can't remove, so you got another 28 people, kids that can't learn because you can't remove the mentally ill kid out of the classroom. That's what he should be dealing with instead of worrying about who's black, who's white, who's Spanish. Yep. And poor, the poor Asian kids, because you're too smart. So, you know what, Mr. Asian kid? You're too smart. You can't get in that school. Bull crap. Hey, everyone can study, and it's out there for everyone. Hard work equals success. I hear you. End of story. Thanks, guys. Carlo, right. where can we get where can we get Avery on all these? Yeah, uh, can you plug more? your uh, social media plug anything. You yeah, want no, to my uh, Instagram, me. Twitter. Uh, I'm Sean Avery. Same thing. Uh, I'm Sean Avery. I'm Sean Avery. So it's I am Sean Avery, and uh, yeah, it's my daily uh, grind in New York City. I, I yell at a lot of people. I'm always How yelling. How many followers you got? I, I think I got a. 150 or oh, something. Oh, wow. Make I, sure you're blessed our podcast. I'll, I'll pop. Absolutely. Absolutely, Bo. Yeah. All right. All right, so, guys. Thank you very much, Sean Avery. Appreciate Pleasure it. having you here. We've learned a lot about a lot of different yeah. things. A lot of real, you're a real renaissance, man. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, you could find us. We're on social media. We're at One Tough Podcast on Twitter. Bo is at Bo Deedle on Twitter and at The Real Bo Deedle on Instagram. You could find me. I'm CJ Catunio on all platforms. We appreciate our fans. Uh, please uh, follow us. Please uh, tell your friends. Give us a great review. Uh, and you can email all your questions, uh, onetoughpodcast at gmail.com. We take a look at every email that comes in, guest suggestions, feedback, anything you want. And we'll see you next week. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.